Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Lenka Martinek belongs to an eclectic team of sustainability investing professionals that are partners at Sustainable Market Strategies and Nordis Capital. She's a portfolio manager in partnership with an economist from the International Monetary Fund, an environmental engineer, and a former CIO of a global asset management firm. Their partnership includes a shared belief that financial markets are an important sphere of influence where they can make a contribution for a more sustainable future while creating their own financial livelihoods. They launched their firm from scratch, which has been exhilarating and exhausting and are still very much a startup operation where all the partners wear multiple hats and the firm takes an active management approach to investing in sustainable market risks. Hello, Lenka, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Hi, Paul. Nice to, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's our pleasure to have you join us today. And we're going to jump right into the questions that we have for you. There's a lot to cover. And how the first thing that we want to know is how did you and your partners all end up in this particular project? And what did you leave behind to be here? Sure. So sustainable market strategies, uh, we refer to ourselves as SMS, um, was the first business that we created. It's still in operation. We're still going strong. Um, it was started in 2018 uh, by two of my current partners who essentially identified a gap in the investment research landscape in terms of sustainability research that was geared to investment professionals. Um, and specifically, when I say uh, sustainability research, um, we're really talking about research at the thematic or macro level. So not so much the company uh, or the bottom up process, but really what are the trends, what are the themes that are going to that are be captured in equity markets specifically, but in financial markets more generally over the next five or ten years. And so um, basically, uh, my two the two founding partners of SMS are Francois and Felix. Um, and they basically just started writing a note, a weekly note in 2018 on different sustainability themes that they thought uh, would be significant um, and also obviously uh, very important to be, be investable and tradable from an equity market perspective. So the research, I think, at the time um, was really fun to read uh, precisely because neither Francois or Felix had spent much time prior in their, in their careers doing investment sort of sell-side research. So they were really coming at it um, from a, a blank slate in terms of, um, you know, a, a product to sell to the research, to the investment community. Um, obviously, both gentlemen, both Francois and Felix, had, have quite a bit of uh baggage, if I can call that, or experience um, from a sustainability perspective. So Francois actually had worked for a long time at the International Monetary Fund doing development finance, uh, mostly for African countries. And Felix, as you mentioned, he is a, he's actually a trained engineer, but had spent um, almost a decade working for the Canadian government and was negotiating in 2015 on behalf of Canada during the Paris Climate Accords. So those are the two sort of that's those are the two personalities that kind of came together to start writing this research um, in 2018, and actually it's a, it's a third gentleman, Francois Bourdon. So a second, the second Francois in the business um, was one of the first clients of Sustainable Market Strategies research. Um, Francois was working at the time; he was the chief investment officer of uh, one of the largest asset managers here in Canada. 
And basically, he started buying, consuming the research and realized that there was actually quite a bit of alpha generation that was possible uh, through some of the investment ideas. And so in 2020, he actually uh, left Fiera, uh, his, 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 where he was working at Fiera Capital and joined the team with the idea to uh, start an asset manager based off of the research ideas that Sustainable Market Strategies was producing on a weekly basis. Um, so all of that was happening at a time where I actually um, had worked for 15 years, starting in 2002 at a company called BCA Research, which is essentially uh, is known as the largest provider of global macro independent research. So nothing to do with sustainability, but really had a really sound footing on, in terms of writing investment research to um, institutional, invest institutional investor audience. So I had done that for 15 years. I had worked myself up to uh, the sort of head of the U.S. asset allocation service. Um, I then went out to the buy side. Um, I wanted to be, I wanted to see how my ideas would actually uh, work out uh, on a trading floor. And so I moved to uh, one of the larger pension funds here in Canada as a portfolio manager. And it was at that time, actually, that I was sitting on the same floor as the, as the responsible investment team um, at, at this particular pension. And I was realizing that actually... Um, it was really interesting what they were working on, but actually from my perspective, looking at it from a macro side, um, a lot of the things that are happening in sustainability space are actually thematic in nature. Um, they're macro in nature, things like an energy transition. And so I, I also came to the conclusion that, you know, um, at 40 years old, it was probably, I probably had other things that I could contribute in terms of looking at uh, traditional macro. And so I actually went back to school. I did a master's degree in sustainability. And it was at that time um, that the second Francois reached out to me and he basically said, look, we're, we've got this really exciting project. We've got a basis for research, but we need to keep going on the research side. And we're, we're starting this asset manager uh, to really put these ideas into practice. So that's how um, the four of us sort of joined up. And the idea really behind uh, both businesses is to try to see uh, to what extent we can um, basically help make capital move towards uh, uh, a more sustainable, uh, to more sustainable, to, to sustainability themes, in, uh, essentially. So we actually added uh, a fifth partner. Craig is in charge of our trading at Nordis Capital. And we've also, uh, since 2021, added three other members uh, to the team that help us uh, both on the research side, uh, marketing and communications of our ideas, and as well um, with, uh, with the running of, of, of Nordis Capital of the asset manager. Um, so it's still a small team uh, with lots of stuff going on, but very, very exciting in terms of what we're trying to build. Okay, so that's a really fascinating story already about the, the, the building and the growth of your team. Let's talk a little bit more about sustainability investing and how it often gets confused with terms and monikers like ESG, uh, which has really taken it on the chin recently, much from my perspective, uh, without a lot of justification, but how does Nordisk Capital invest for sustainability in public equities? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I won't I, I won't spend too much time talking about, you know, the ins and outs of why the term ESG has gotten a bad rap. I think it's awfully political, particularly in the United States. Um, but for sure, I think uh, in the sort of idea of ESG has sometimes um, 
been confused with virtual virtue signaling um, and at worst is accused of greenwashing, um, unfortunately. But um, what I can certainly speak to is how we invest, how we look at sustainability and how it's investable um, through, through specifically equity markets. Um, and really what, what we do is we, our idea fundamentally is we think that we can, we've sort of identified these five um, sustainability themes that we believe are investable. And they're not really debatable. They're not particularly, you know, non, they're not particularly contentious. For example, one of them is the energy transition. Um, you can be, you know, you can, you can be for or against green or fossil fuels, et cetera. But the point is we are in the middle of an energy transition. We are going towards a world where we were going to decarbonize many, many industries. And so our idea is basically this is a macro trend. Um, that we can, you know, that we can help speed along by investing in the right types of uh, companies, um, and we can, you know, and we can leave out certain types of companies from our portfolio if we think that they're not going to be part of the winners of this transition. And so, essentially, what we do is we look at companies first of all through these five sustainable themes. We think, okay, of the of the companies out there, of the three thousand or so MSCI. Comp uh, world companies that are out there, which ones actually are playing either in favor of our theme, so the candidates for a long position in, our, in one of those themes, and which ones are, you know, on the short selling side or companies that we think are going to be left behind from those themes. And so that's how we essentially build a universe of companies. Um, and we're really looking at the products and service that these companies are offering, how they fit into the themes. And so as you can imagine, if you start from a universe of about 3,000 companies, there aren't that many. There aren't, you know, it's not all 3,000 of those that are participating in one of those themes. We're really looking at companies that are somehow protecting natural capital, are part of the energy transition, are doing something in the social space. So we've managed to basically build a universe of about 600 companies, 400 or so on the law, 450 on the long side and 150 on the short side that we feel are contributing either in a negative or a positive way to one of these themes. And then what we do is sort of, uh, we call it a double materiality framework. I think this is becoming a, a sort of common term. So we're looking first and foremost at what the company is doing from the product and service, what they're producing in terms of, of product or good or service, and then how are they doing it? So the ESG or the operational performance uh, really comes in on that second level. It's fine to be producing something, you know, a great example is Tesla, really interesting um, product in terms of electric vehicles, but how are they producing it? Are their labor policies correct? Are, is there, you know, too many controversies relative to their CEO involved for us to invest in a company like that? So that's our process. Basically, we're looking first and foremostly at the company, what they're producing, and then how they're doing it. And we're building this universe of companies that we want to select um, based on these on these macro trends, sustainability trends. Okay, so as you said, there's probably a, a smaller number of companies that you're actively engaging um, in investing on the long side, uh, and and there are a, a larger group of companies that are uh, companies that you um, may be taking short positions in, but you because you have, of some of the issues that they are dealing with on when it comes to sustainability management, etc. So exactly so far, uh, share with us what the most challenging aspects of running. Uh, sustainable market strategies and Nordisk capital that are that you have encountered in building portfolios this way? 
Sure. Um, so in your introduction, Paul, you use the words exhilarating and exhausting. And I would <laughs> and I would and I would absolutely uh, agree with that. So when I joined uh, in 2021, um, there was already a very, I would say, pretty good base of research. The co-founders co had been writing um, these weekly notes um, for a couple of years already. And so um, there was, you know, there were some good ideas in there, but there was no, um, for Nordis Capital, for example, we really didn't have an investment process. Like we don't really have any uh, solid competitors in our, in our space. There's lots of people that are, you know, doing ESG integration in terms of um, asset managers and things like this, but that really are taking long and short positions in companies based on, on sustainable sort of macro themes. There aren't too many that are like us. So we basically had to build um, everything Thing, our processes, our investment framework, all of these things from the ground up. Um, so that, I, I would not say it's so much a challenge. That's been really the fun part, like building new things. Um, but what makes it a little bit more difficult is, of course, because we're original, um, we don't necessarily fit into a box. It's not easy to say, you know, to go to um, a potential investor and say, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're a global macro or we're, you know, X, Y, X, Y, Z type of style. We're really trying to do this intersection between the macro themes. So obviously we're very much attuned to um, the macroeconomic, the business cycle when we're investing. And this obviously this finding companies that are sustainable at heart. And so when we do that, um, it's um, it, there's a lot of education, I would say, uh, in order to get um, new clients on board. Uh, because when you're doing something different, you know, it, it takes a lot more, um, I would say, education um, around that. So that's, I think, probably the challenge as any startup on in an, as an asset manager uh, raising capital is, you know, is 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 a is is big is the big challenge, um, especially when we're doing something that's fair, fairly novel. Okay, so now what unique aspects of the SMS Nordis Capital Partnership attract sustainability-focused investors to work with you? Sure. So um, I'm going to use two other words. We had exhilarating and um, exhausting. And exhausting. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think when when we're getting, you know, when we're hearing back what people uh, say about our businesses and sort of the team that we've built so far, uh, the two words that keep coming back are pragmatic and authentic. Okay. Um, and I think those words, I think I, I'm, I'm really proud of those two words because one of the things that often happens in this, in this space and sustainability, and, and we talked a little bit about ESG is this idea that, you know, it's, it's a trend right now. Everyone wants to be ESG and everyone wants to be sus sustainable. Um, but you know, it's, it's really trying to, uh, build a business that shows our true colors, um, you know, if we're successful, we're we're going to move capital. We're going to move capital in a way that we that we feel comfortable with, in a way that we think is good for society. And so, um, I'm really really proud that we're building a business that I think that are they're sort of true to our views. Um, and people that want to work with us are people that share that those views and are also are seeking out partners that are doing more than just latching onto the you know to the to the current trend of sustainability or ESG or whatever it is. And then the other word, uh, like I said, pragmatic, um, you know, uh, I think the, that that actually sort of goes in hand in hand with authenticity in the sense that um, for us, we're we want to show that, you know, we're not just doing it from the goodness of our hearts. We're not doing this uh, just because of, of virtue signaling. We're doing it because we we think that these that these themes truly are investable, that the world is moving in a certain direction and that you can make money doing these things. We're not investing, you know, just 
we're at heart, we're investors. We're doing this because we think we can build a viable business around these themes. Um, so we're going to invest in companies that are going to get us there uh, because we think that there's a higher return on investment of doing so. Okay, so virtue theme—that—that's a new. That, I haven't heard that phrase before. Virtue signaling. Said, virtue signaling. Yeah, is that? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been around a long time, and I haven't heard that one. So, is that something that that your team created, or is this something? That, no, no? The, this actually is, is. This is a term that comes back to us in terms of when people are when when potential investors are looking at our work. You know, they're trying to figure out basically: Are you telling me that carbon? You know, moving to a low carbon world. Is, is good and therefore I should be investing in it because I somehow am doing good for the world. That's uh, to me, that's virtuous signaling. It's any, any, anything that's sort of saying we're doing this because, you know, because it looks good on paper, you know, we hire more women in our business because it looks good on paper. Okay. To me, that's virtuous signaling versus are you doing this because you really think that underlying that these, these practices are actually going to get you to a very, very different place. Um, and, and I think there's, there's a difference when you invest you know, just to show, oh, yes, we have so many women on board, for example, or, you know, our carbon footprint is lower. That's, mm. That to me is very different than investing in companies that may have a higher carbon footprint, but also have the technology that is going to get us in a very different direction. Um, right. So there's a, it's really two different perspectives on why to choose companies for investment, right? Uh, for portfolio strategies for the long term. Exactly. I can just give one very quick example of that. Yeah, please um, do. You know, we we uh, as a modern society, we still need a lot of physical resources. So, for example, in the U.S., there's an awful lot of, you know, we've heard a lot about um, deglobalization and reshoring. There is a boom in factory construction going on in the U.S. right now. Well, all of that factory construction takes an awful lot of, you know, material resources, concrete, steel, etc. All of these things have, you know, creating steel and cement are highly uh, carbon intensive industries. And so, you know, to say that you're not going to invest in, in a particular building or in a particular industry because it has a high carbon footprint, I think is actually extremely short-sighted. What you want to do is find those industries that are high in carbon and pick the best companies that you think are going to help us transition to a lower carbon and yet probably, you know, some... You, some some sort of economy that still has these physical resources that are necessary. So if you look at the carbon footprint, for example, of our portfolio at Nordis, it's going to be quite higher than, you know, sort of a typical ESG tracking fund, because we're not simply just removing fossil fuel companies, we're investing in companies that have technologies that will get us to a different place. Yes, the idea that, and I think this this uh, approach to portfolio strategy, sustainable portfolio strategies, is fairly common in the European markets as well. In other words, don't just invest in the companies that are the the purest of the pure at the moment. Um, also invest in the companies that have a lot of potential and are actively moving in the direction exactly. of sustainability exactly. because mm -hmm. they may be trading at different at lower multiples today and have the potential to uh, have higher rates of return over the long run so i think that's a very interesting yeah. way to to approach this and and, and actually at the, it's the way that i take to try to 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 work with portfolio strategies so tell me like a, what will you and your partners have accomplished if you and your team succeed in building the SMS Nordis capital firm that you envision, and what will that firm look like at that point in time? 
Sure. Um, so for an asset manager, I think the easiest measure of success is just the, the you know, the number of do- the assets under management. So the size, you basically the, the number of dollars that you run. Um, and so for us, you know, the bigger, you know, as I stated earlier on, our sort of overall mission is to be able to say that we can help uh, move capital in a more sustainable direction. And so if we're able to do that by having a, a much larger AUM, um, well, then that's a very easy indicator of our success. Um, with sustainable market strategies, it's the same thing. It's a lot more, obviously, on the education side or the number of readers that we have, the number of people that are taking decisions based on the sustainability ideas um, that we're publishing, I think for us is an indicator of, of success. How do we get there? You know, again, it's this idea that if you want to have make a difference, if you want to do something differently in this space, I really think it means taking active management risk. And so for us, um, it's going to be about showing that we can have good returns, good investment returns, really in any sort of macro climate with our portfolio that says, okay, we can pick good co- companies that are good for the right reasons, and we can have good returns through an entire business cycle as well. So I think, as I said, assets under management and readership are the indicators. And how do we get there? We get there by showing that we can have good returns in all macroeconomic environments. Great. Well, we at the Sustainable Finance Podcast want to support your objectives for getting there that way because we love to be ahead of the curve. We love to talk to people and, and companies that are doing things uh, in, in ways that we believe in and are making things happen across the economic spectrum uh, and then get quoted in other publications, uh, you know, two, da- two years down the road. I love going back and saying, yes, we got there first. So. <laughs> Fantastic. So so our last question for you today is, what part of this partnership firm that you're in are you most focused on creating in 2024? Yeah, so I think from, as I mentioned, we've been writing these notes for a long time. So I think that our, in a relatively long time, I can say, I should say, um, but we, I think our, our basis, our research base is very, very solid as an asset manager, in order to sort of get the bigger clients, we need to be able to have a really strong track record uh, in terms of investment performance. And so, you know, there's certain certain climates that have been easier for particular themes than others. Obviously, the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act um, in the in the U.S. was a really really helpful tailwind as an investor in certain in certain themes. Um, in 2024, uh, we are still 100% focused on making sure that we can deliver great return to our clients to be able to show that, you know, we can invest in sustainability sort of on an all-weather sort of concept. So through any business cycle, through any environment. And so um, 2024, I think, is going to be a really interesting macro climate with the U.S. elections. We could have some fairly major policy changes. And so uh, just being really on the top of our of our portfolio is is uh, first and foremostly what we need to do, I think, to create the you know to create the track record to to have a really uh, interesting long business. Okay, great. Well, Lenka, where online can followers of the Sustainable Finance Podcast go to learn more about your partnership, and how can they get in touch with you regarding questions they have about what we've discussed in today's episode? So if you want to check out our research, the first place to go is Sustainable Market Strategies 
Um, you can most certainly sign up for a free uh, eight-week trial to see a look, to take a look at what we're writing about. So again, sustainablemarketstrategies.com. Um, and you can also find us uh, on nordiscapital.com in terms of the, our asset manager. We are pretty prolific on LinkedIn. So if you look me up, Lanka Martinek, on LinkedIn, you'll find my stuff and, uh, and, and a whole host of, um, of activity also on the, on the LinkedIn page for both Sustainable Market Strategies and uh, Nordisk Capital. Yes, and please, if you have uh, several current and forward-looking pieces that we can attach to this program, we'll be happy to do that in the Bright Talk channel so that our followers can get a better idea through their own research of your materials, what company, what your company is up to and uh, what you're expecting to be progressive and, and important in the year ahead. So thanks very much, Lanka Martinek and all the partners at SMS Nordis Capital for sharing your story with us today. And I invite our followers for the Sustainable Finance Podcast to join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Sustainable.